Dave Rubin, we are on location in Miami with Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. Mr. Mayor, first off, the shirt matches the shoes, matches the socks. You are living in the synthwave future that was promised to us in the 80s, huh? That's right, that's right. This is, this is Miami for you, you know, it's Miami style. This is absolutely definitely Miami style. I mean, I guess the best way to start this off is that this place is just blowing up. You, you gotta be kind of feeling good about life and the world and what you're doing. Yeah. Is that the easiest question ever been asked to you before? It's the most common, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it really is, uh, I think, a generational opportunity, a generational moment. Miami was always a great place. I mean, pre this sort of tech boom, uh, we were growing significantly. Um, we're not a very, uh, you know, we're not a well-kept secret. Uh, but I think what is happening now is order of magnitudes different, right? You're now creating a kind of ecosystem and economy that's really gonna propel our city into the future. The world is changing. It's changing at a, at a pace of disruption that we've never seen before. Yeah. And we we're talking about this a little bit off camera, you know, cities just don't get it oftentimes. They don't understand that uh, things are changing and they're changing permanently and they have to adapt quickly. When did you get it? I mean, did you know about this sort of shift before you were elected in 2017 or did this just happen? So I was actually elected in 2009 to the council as a councilman. And for about 10 years, we were trying to create this technological ecosystem. I, you know, I'm a young, I'm a young elected official for, for a major city, I'm 43. Uh, I was 32 at the time. And I realized that I was a first generation with a, with a smartphone. I was a first generation uh, with laptops, uh, cell phones. And, and, and you realize that our world is more and more engulfed by technological tools. I ha now have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, and my three-year-old just the other night was telling me, "Dad, let's take a selfie with her, with her, with her." You know, we call it a tete in Spanish, with yeah. her, with her pacifier. You know, she's taking a selfie with me. So three right. years old. So you realize cameras and pacifiers. That's uh, I know. it's on its way. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. But you know, it, you know, you realize that this world is is becoming more and more tech focused and cities have two options they can either embrace that reality or they can uh, ignore it to their to their peril and to the peril of their residents were you worried at all that the people were going to come from san francisco and bring all of the bad policies and ideas that basically wrecked silicon valley and wrecked san francisco i hear the worry a lot i actually don't worry and i'll tell you why um, you know my my family unfortunately was exiled from a communist country in cuba and uh, I don't see people, you know, getting on rafts and trying to go back to Cuba. You know what I mean? It's, it, right. it's just not, the people that come here to Miami are traumatized. They're traumatized by governments that don't work, by policies that don't work. And frankly, you know, the decision to leave a particular city is a very difficult decision, yeah, particularly yeah. when you have a family. And to uproot your family and say, hey, I'm going somewhere else, that is not easy. Um, and, and so for me, I find it very hard to believe that anybody's gonna make that very difficult decision basically trauma-based, right, to come to a new city and then create the same policies that created the conditions for them to want to leave in the first place. What kind of chaos has it caused in the last year being here? I mean, real estate prices are bananas, rents are going crazy. These are all good set of problems, but it must be a lot for you to just have to manage. You, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the real estate prices are bananas in homes that are on the water, like this home, you know what I mean? Uh, but. Uh, we're comparatively speaking incredibly affordable. So for example, in downtown Miami, the urban core, uh, you can get a one bedroom apartment in an unsubsidized, like not affordable housing or anything like that, uh, building brand new 
$1,450. Mm. In Manhattan, it's $3,700. In San Francisco, it's $3,700. So you're talking about a three to one differential. That hasn't changed uh, from one day to the next. And so, uh, and then, you know, we're, we're building a ton of affordable housing. Uh, we have the ability to build supply, which cities like San Francisco, the Bay Area oftentimes, and New York can't do because New York is sort of overbuilt and San Francisco has restricted their uh, ability to build. So, uh, so we have the ability to remain competitive for decades into the future, which I think is a huge competitive advantage for our city. So I think when most people think of conservatives, they think of some kind of old white guy sitting in a smoking room and you know flipping through the Wall Street Journal or something like that. You're a conservative. It yeah. seems to me that you're sort of what the future of conservatism is. What, what does that actually mean to you? Like, what are your kind of guiding principles? You, you know, I grew up, uh, I was born in 1977, so I grew up sort of in the 80s. 76, you're, you're, you you're a young buck. There you go. Uh, my dad was mayor in 1985 yep. of Miami. And I grew up sort of in the Reagan years. So for me, sort of being a Reagan Republican was someone that was strong on national defense. Um, you know, for me, I believe in having a balanced budget, even though that's something that our federal government has not been able to do for a long time. Are you guys balanced here? We are. We actually have a surplus. We have a $150 million surplus in the city of Miami. We have the second highest bond rating we've ever had and the highest we've ever had in the history under my leadership. So it's a double A plus. So, uh, you know, I believe in fiscal responsibility for governments. Uh, I think governments should live within their means. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, governments should be there to facilitate, not obstruct. And oftentimes uh, they are obstructionist. Uh, you know, I, but as a conservative, I also, and as a young person, and someone who sees even young conservatives uh, and, 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 and young liberals come up concerned about the environment. So I think that's something that, mm -hmm. you know, we have to have a, a better conversation on. Immigration is another issue that, you know, we're a city of immigrants. Uh, we're a country of immigrants, you know, and that's, a, 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 you know, another issue. I think we need to have a healthier conversation on than the one that we're having right now in, in the sort of national landscape. Yeah. Where does uh, the Bitcoin stuff fit in this new future conservative Mecca that we've got going well, here. I think you just Bitcoin, did the big conference. Yeah, we just did the biggest, the largest Bitcoin conference in, in the world. We also had FTX, which is a large uh, a crypto trading platform out of Hong Kong, uh, name the, uh, the arena where the Miami Heat played, $200 million naming deal. We had blockchain.com headquarters in the city of Miami, 300 jobs. And eToro, which is... Don't forget locals.com moved here. And locals.com as well, and eToro as well. So, I mean, we've had a ton of, 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 of crypto... Uh, companies moving over here and blockchain and, and Bitcoin companies moving over here because we believe we were sort of the David in this uh, David and Goliath story, right? Yeah. But we believe that uh, to be uh, sort of to have that transformational moment, we had to step outside of the conventional box. Yeah. And I thought that Bitcoin and crypto was our way of doing that. Uh, you know, we're the first city in the world, uh, sort of the first city in the United States, second city in the world to put to Satoshi's white paper on our mm -hmm. website. Uh, you know, we're the first city in the world to, to begin the process of allowing our employees to get paid in Bitcoin. Uh, of allowing, uh, do you get do you get all of it, or is it just like you have good people around you? Like, because because some of the tech stuff, the, the high end, high level tech stuff, is a lot. No, I get it. I get yeah. it. I get it because I, I sort of have finance background. Um, uh, my dad was an engineer, uh, is an engineer. My, my grandfather was an engineer as well. Um, so I get the mathematics behind it. Uh, I get the principle behind it. I was actually part of the Florida Blockchain Foundation when it began, hmm. and I'm actually, actually part of the, the Florida Blockchain Task Force, named by the CFO of Florida, uh, to promulgate. Uh, state regulations and laws uh, to hope, hopefully, to, to continue to bring crypto to Miami. So it's and to Florida. Do you have other mayors in either in Florida or in the rest of the country that are kind of pissed? They're kind of jealous. Like this guy's making it happen, and we're not either because we're handicapped by our own state governments or whatever it might be. You know, the ones that probably would be pissed are not calling. You know, 
Yeah. I think I think they feel like they're. I, yeah, I can't speak for them. They may feel like they're boxed, and they may believe some of the policies that their their cities are promulgating that I think are are not good for their cities. But I can tell you, I've gotten a ton of mayors that call me from across the country, uh, and and chambers of commerce from across the country that call me and say, Hey, how do we replicate what you're doing down there? And for us, it's it, you know there are some things that are hard to replicate. Yeah. You know, Miami's kind of hard to replicate. But there are other things that I think are very basic. You know, for us, we have basically our, our formula for success is three things. Keep taxes as low as humanly possible. Uh, while other cities defund police, we're investing in our police and we have the highest uh, number of police officers ever. So public safety is incredibly important to us. It's something that we sell, being one of the safest big cities in America. And the third thing is we focus on quality of life. We know the fundamental truth that nobody can live yesterday again. So the most important decision that we all make in our lives is where we are this very moment, where we're going to be tomorrow, where we're going to be the day after. And if you create the kind of city that really respects that decision, uh, for example, we have 555 homeless in the city of Miami. We want to get to functional zero, which means we want to be one of the first big cities in America not to have any homeless. I mean, I've been here for five days. I have not seen one homeless person. Yeah. I come from LA. It's very, very different. It's, a, it's very different. And I think uh, you know we've done a variety of things over a number of years to get to that point. Um, and we want to get to zero. So like what, for, for example, what's one thing you've done on the homeless well, that we, I can bring back with me to California? We, we have something called the Homeless Trust. Yeah. Uh, we, we spend about $50 million a year. It's a, it's a, it's a food and beverage tax. That's a basically a tourist tax that's not paid for by our residents. Uh, but it generates money and we use that money to, to build facilities uh, to treat homeless in a comprehensive way. There are obviously a lot of them have mental health and drug addiction issues and vocational training so that they can leave uh, you know, a, a shelter with the ability to make a living and reintegrate into society. So they get mental health counseling, they get uh, drug addiction counseling, and they also get vocational training. When you see the mayors of, say, LA, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, all the progressive mayors that are just raising taxes, and then you see the reverse of all of the policies that you've got working here, do you ever think maybe I could just call these guys and explain like basic economics to them or something? Like, like I just never can understand the disconnect between sure. the, the things that they say and then the results that end up happening. Well, I can tell you, a lot of them are my friends. Um, and, and, and I'm going to be if reelected in November, which hopefully will be a non-event, God willing. You got elected with 86%. And uh, I mean, what are we going to do? We do 92? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, listen, you, you got to go up, man. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's, I'll tell you a funny story about that later. But uh, I think... You know, if reelected, I'm going to be the president of the U.S. Conference of Mayors. So one of the cool things is um, my, my colleagues, those mayors, have, have chosen me to be the president of all the mayors in the United States. And I think it's a, a really wonderful opportunity to take this formula that has been successful in Miami and export it to urban America. Uh, I think there's some things that we can do on gun violence. There's some things we can do on homelessness. And frankly, you know, I'm willing to talk to anybody, any mayor, and give them advice. Uh, you know, but sometimes I think it's hard because it's either what they believe, which is sort of antithetical to what I think is a growth policy, or what the residents believe, which oftentimes make it hard because they're sort of boxed in. Right. Where does DeSantis fit into all this? It seems like, a, from again, from me, 3,000 miles away, that's the best governor in the country right now. Yeah, so he's, you know, I think he, he, he did some things that were very um, sort of counter-narrative, right, and, and opened the state up a lot earlier than a lot of people thought were, uh, would have been a good idea, and it turned out to be great for the city, and certainly great for the state, and he's gotten a ton of kudos on that. And I think, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure that if he's reelected in 2022, which I think is also, you know, he's got a very good shot of that, uh, 2024, I wouldn't be surprised if he you puts think? his name in the you ring. I, I, I saw so. a little glimmer in the eye. I think you might know something there. Well, you know. What, what is that, where does that put you then? You know, look, I, I've, um, you know, again, I have to get reelected, and, and obviously I have a year and a half as, as hopefully president of the U.S. Conference of Mayors, but, I, you know, I've talked about this in, in the past. I, there's only a few things that I'd be interested in doing beyond being mayor, which has been an amazing thing. 
being governor of the state of Florida in 2026 or it's something that I would be, that I would certainly consider. Does it ever seem odd to you that you're governor of all things, like somebody who gets it, like you get business and all of those things? I know there's a lot of good people, usually kind of right-leaning, who just don't want to go into government because they don't believe that government is everything. So then they just don't do it, and then we get worse and worse politicians. Well, that's part of the problem. Yeah. Government isn't everything and shouldn't yeah. be everything. And I think part of the issue we have in our society is people think that government needs to solve all our problems. It's not the way it works. Government is, was supposed to be created for a limited amount of reasons. Uh, the things that we're good at are core competencies. And then, you know, when you have good leaders that lead in government, they can work with the private sector, with the philanthropic sectors to deal with big problems uh, like homelessness and others. But I think, uh, you know, there's this misperception that you just keep growing the size of government um, and that, that it can somehow solve a bunch of problems that government has been historically unable to do. It put band-aids on problems it's, it's created, right? Like exactly. That, that's pretty much it. Exactly. What or make the problems worse. Or, or make them worse. What, what, what was, what's been sort of unexpected as this all has blown up here on, I guess either on good or bad, like just generally like so much at once? Yeah, you know, for me, if you would have told me on December 3rd, right, that the next day I was going to put out a tweet uh, that was going to be, the, they call it the tweet heard around the world. Yeah. The, how can I help tweet uh, yeah. in terms of making Miami Silicon Valley? And that that was going to get 2.7 million impressions organic. I, honestly, I don't think I knew of you until then. And that day, suddenly everyone I knew in the tech world was like, that's the guy, that's the city, let's go. And then it's just been, yeah. it, It's been crazy. And then yeah. ever since then, I mean, I, I found what I call uh, in Twitter uh, a portal of positivity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I tweeted 800 more times in the month of December. <laughs> Uh, which got 27 million. Generally, that's not a good thing, but in your case, it's okay. For politics, it's usually not a good thing. And and this is going to sound really hokey pokey, what I'm going to tell you, but in many ways, I found my voice. You know what I mean? It kind of sounds, you know, uh, book clubbish, you know, but I I really did. I I was able to really express myself, be myself, without the the usual concerns and worries that, hey, am I going to make a mistake? Am I going to say something wrong? You know, usually if you look at elected officials in social media, it's very antiseptic. It's like they went and they cut a ribbon or they went and they did this, you know. They don't have a personality. They can't really express themselves because they're afraid. They're afraid of making a mistake, of saying the wrong thing. And at some point I just said, you know what? I'm going to go all in. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's been great. It's it's, it's been a lot of fun. I've, uh, you know, it's part of what allowed me to get into the crypto space as well at the level that I did because I was, I was really getting great feedback. Yeah. And I said, you know what, I gotta do more. Were you kind of shocked? So you put that tweet out and then it was basically everyone that I know in the tech world was just like, that's it. Were you just shocked that they immediately were like, what can I do? And then, and then you basically just set up meetings with people, right? I, I was shocked, but it was also a tremendous uh, learning experience, right? In the sense that I realized what this world was all about now. This world is, is highly, highly disruptive. Let me, I, I mean, I gotta say this, I don't even know what camera to look into. Yeah. This world is highly- Somewhere, high, somewhere over there. there here, yeah. this world is highly, highly disruptive yeah. to the point where uh, the paradigm can shift on you in, in, in a second. Yeah. And I think that's what some of these cities are not completely understanding. You know, and, 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 I, and I think that as you see the, what I call this confluence of capital coming from New York, Silicon Valley and Miami's geo position, right? Uh, close to South America and Central America, close to uh, the Middle East, Israel and, 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 uh, and, and Europe. We're sort of in the middle of all that. We're the place that can really be that global mega city that can be what I call the capital of capital. The place where if you wanna build a business or start a business, you gotta be living in Miami. Low taxes, is that, I mean, is that, does it all sort of boil down to that at the beginning? It, 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 that's a part of the equation, but it's yeah. not all of the equation. I mean, yeah. I think for us it was low taxes, it's incredible weather, yeah. it's incredible amenities from a city perspective. Now the restaurants, you know, everything is sort of coming together. Mm-hmm. And I think, and this is gonna sound again, 
sort of crazy, but it's, it's being welcoming, right? I, I can't tell you the number of people that have told me, look, I, 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 would live in, I would stay living in one of these cities. I'm still paying a lot of taxes. I'm not getting the services. I'm not getting a return on my investment. I'm not getting any stuff. But on top of- You're just talking right to me right? now. <laughs> but on top of everything yeah. else, yeah. I'm made to feel like I'm not a good person. Right, like the, the government officials, the F Elon Musk, the let's criticize Mark Zuckerberg for giving $75 million to a hospital for them wanting to name it after him. Let's, let's push Amazon out of our city. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. And what we've been doing is the opposite. We're like, okay, you know, we're com- you know keep coming. And we're creating thousands of high paying jobs in our community that are gonna have a tri-generational impact. A tri-generational impact, it impacts the person who has a job and their spouse. It impacts their children and their educational opportunities, and it's gonna impact their children's children. How do you make sure that the people that are the natives here in the midst of this, as some prices rise and things like that, don't get pushed out of communities that they're in and and that sort of thing? Yeah, you know, it's a hard challenge, you know, because, uh, and I I was actually doing an interview recently where, where, uh, with with one of our local papers, and and I said, look, it's hard because, you know, the the first thing is people uh, sort of complain that there's a lot of income inequality in cities, which is true. You know, it's a problem in urban America. And then you start bringing high-paying jobs, and they say, well, you're going to push out. So it's like, well, what do you want? Do you want high-paying jobs, or do you want, or, or, or so how do we deal with income inequality if we don't bring high-paying jobs? And I think, right. I think that, that what ties those two things is you got to create an educational framework mm-hmm. from you know, young children to uh, university students to uh, young adults who are left out of the tech ecosystem to even the elderly to create a framework where they can be integrated into this economy. And so we do it uh, with child savings accounts to teach financial literacy. Uh, every single child in kindergarten in the city of Miami gets a child savings account that we fund. Mm-hmm. We do it through a coding program. We just raised through the How Can I Help campaign $70,000 for a coding program in the inner city for robotics and coding. Um, we're helping facilitate a tremendous amount of philanthropy to universities and even working with some major universities, marquee universities, to try to get partnerships, uh, you know, maybe bridge that reputational gap that we may have. You know, we're doing a tremendous amount of stuff on upskilling, uh, either through vocational training uh, or through companies like Winco that was bought by BrainStation. And then for the elderly, we're working with apps like Papa uh, to make sure that it, it's, you know, it's relevant to them, this tech boom. Yeah, it's funny. you mentioned the elderly. I was gonna ask you, like I think a lot of people think of Florida, but Miami specifically. I tweeted a Golden Girls clip at you yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They think, like, oh, yeah, but this is this not, what, yeah, yeah, yeah they're not, not gonna not do the Golden Girls theme yeah, song. That's not gonna be the official no, no, theme no, no. song of Miami. All right, no, no. I'll, I'll keep working on yeah, you on that one. But, but uh, that people think of Florida as like, oh, that's where old people go to retire. That was our reputation. Yeah. Our reputation was we're a sun and fun place yeah. or retirement place. And I think, you know, what I tried to do with the How Can I Help Tweet and Beyond was, was you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the cruise ships turn, Okay, when a, when a, when a like cru- literally, literally when it yeah. turns, when a cruise ship comes into port, it comes in this way, and they actually yeah. got to turn it uh-huh. to go outward. It actually takes forever, <laughs> right? Because you're gonna, it's a huge, massive thing. It's like a city that you're turning. I literally got every single tugboat in Miami <laughs> and turned what was the reputation of Miami, which is like a cruise ship, turning it as fast as possible. So we could create two new industries in technology and finance that are high paying, and they're gonna propel us into the future and make us a city of the future. All right, two more things for you, and then, and then I'm going to join you in just a moment. We're going to flip the script here. Right, I love it. Um, so first off, yeah, so first off, I'm, I'm moving my company locals down here. We're, we're hiring right now. It. We're hiring right now. What, when, yeah, what can we do to get word out there? I mean, what kind of resources are there as companies move down here? Well, first of all, what we're doing right now is yeah. the number one thing we can do, which is, you know, you have to, I've learned after 12 years, this is why these podcasts are so, uh, have gotten so much, uh, you know, play, right, is, is because we're in the storytelling business, 
right? I'm in the storytelling business. I realized this after yeah. 12 years yeah. of being in politics. Like, I am now a storyteller. Right. And the story is the narrative of what Miami is and what Miami is going to be. And so just this podcast and, and, and the one that we're going to do on the Cafecito Tech Talk, continue to tell that story to a point where people may have doubted it at the beginning. You know, ah, this, is, this is just going to be a COVID thing or this is just going to be a, you know, in the summer, everybody will leave, you know. But when you keep telling the story over and over again, you pile on success after success after success, the perception becomes a reality. You marry perception with reality. So that, that's, that's really important. I think one of the things that we want them to know is we're setting up funds. We have a fund already through the Downtown Development Authority that gives, as opposed to kicking out a company, we give companies $50,000 a year for three years oh, wow. that locate in downtown Miami. We're hopefully creating a fund called uh, Venture Miami, uh, which will be hopefully an early stage seed fund, uh, which we're going to have uh, somewhere between two and $5 million a year over the next two years to help early stage companies grow, which oftentimes, you know, they're the ones that have the hardest time, you know, with the mom and pop. And so that, that so we're trying to do everything we can to, to accelerate this, this, this uh, ecosystem growth. Then my final question for you is if I make the move, if I just can't take Cali anymore, I make the move myself, can you hook me up with a house like this? When you make the move, <laughs> uh, we will do everything that we can. <laughs> We like to have yeah. that. All right, like I'll have take that, it. I'll we take like to it. Have that red carpet service. We call it, you know, concierge service. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll, that's pretty much the limit of what a mayor can say. Well, I can't give you the house, but I can put you in touch with people who may want to sell you a house like this. Mayor Suarez, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.